Welcome back on this Monday episode of Let's Open the Bible. If you're listening to this on a Monday when it drops, that's assuming I've done this right. It's Russ and Gavin joined by our friend Dustin Sizemore again with us. Is uh, He is an apologist, an evangelist, and uh, uh, these things just uh, uh, under compulsion from, compulsion from the Lord. This is not a vocational ministry, uh, as I understand it. Uh, and uh, so I, I do need to ask you, he's wearing a shirt that I find interesting. It says, yeah. abolitionist. Um, established yeah. in justice and mercy, sola Belicio. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Tell me about Abolitia. the shirt. Abolitia. Yeah. Okay. Solo Abolitia. Right. And so uh, it's from a group called Abolitionist Rising, um, Russell Hunter. And so um, on the issue of pro-life and abolition, of course, as Christians, we're going to say we are pro-life. Um, we hope when, so. But when it comes to the establishment, um, and the pro-life right to life, students' right to life, a lot of those things, um, I stand in opposition in some cases, and so I would say I'm an abolitionist of abortion, not a pro-lifer of abortion. I, I want to get into that for uh, in a second, um, but I, one day in church I was talking about slavery, and it has become almost distant in America, maybe, I, I think, but I, I said, you know, what would you do if you had been around during the time of, of slaves? What would you have done? And to a person, we'd like to think, and everybody, I, well, I'd, I'd stand against it. I would have been an abolitionist. I would have said something. I would have done something. I would have voted differently. I would have st- stood up and you know cried out the gospel to, and, and let the word work on people. And I said, okay, what about abortion? And, you, and we all just shrank back. So, so, so when we say we would do things against evil in those days, what are we doing against evil in, in this day? And so then the other thing that we talked about a little bit was, you know, we have allowed for, and I have many people close to me that have had abortions, and we allow for the victimization of the woman as well. Now, in some cases, she was forced to do that, mm-hmm. but, and that, that should be an, an added penalty to the person that forced her to do it. Maybe. But in, at what point are we going to say to take the life of another is a criminal act? Yeah, and and to stand firmly and strongly against abortion in that case. Now I want to hear what you have to say, but feel free to talk. One of the things that we talk about in this podcast is never say anything you disagree with. So I'm not going to say I agree with Dustin if I disagree with him. Say what you you want to say, and then Russ and I get the last word. So if we need to, but yeah, and that that I think you hit the nail on the head, and it's uh, the victimizing of women in the case. And so, you know, uh, he that justifieth the wicked and he that condemneth the just, even both, it's an abomination, Proverbs 17, 15, and the Proverbs 24, 11, you know, we're supposed to rescue those being taken to the slaughter. And, um, and so right now, and I have a lot of information on this, documents and stuff, and you can even go on uh, National Right to Life, studentsrighttolife.org, all these websites and say they, they will never, I mean, this is quoted on their websites, they will never prosecute a woman even if they were get legislated at laws into place right now um, as being a murderer. And so to me, that's unequal weights and balances. And that's exactly what they're doing in Proverbs 17, 15. And the issue that I have with that is that that's not justice. And, and so when I say I stand on the opposite side of that I'm for the immediate and not incrementalism as well for the immediate abolition of abortion, and that if we're going to call it murder and it's a violation of God's law in which it is, then murder should be criminalized no matter who you are. If they are, you know, like you said, if you got cases and situations where they were forced into it or, you know, there's a lot of different things that could happen within you, you know, 
Um, but a woman who just outright kills her child, yeah. I believe it's murder. Well, and, and so if, you know, I, we're, this isn't going to be the point of today's conversation, but here's, here's the issue. We need, the church needs to lovingly support women in, in raising their children and helping their yes. children and supporting their children. Um, the church has been derelict in our duty to, to speak these truths out. So it would shock women to find out, wait, I'm not allowed or supposed to, to kill this child because we have been, um, I think there is a sensitivity that's necessary, but we have been overly sensitive to the point of condoning abortion. So how do you sit there and let me back up. If I would go home right now, I have four children and the youngest is 10. If I would go home and my wife had killed them, what would happen to her? Yeah. And let's say they were just one years old, six months old, six months old. And my wife kills them. What happens to her? She goes yeah. to prison. Do you believe abortion is murder? And, and most people say yes, but qualified. Right. If it is murder and my wife killing any one of our kids, she would be in jail and I'd be broken. I would always, I will always love my wife. I would be broken over it. And yet it is ultimately murder. How do you start that process of saying, we believe what we say, we say what we believe and there are consequences to the taking of life. That does not mean I'm not loving. That does not mean I'm not sensitive. That does not mean I will not encourage and support and love and invite if somebody has a need into my home or whatever I need to do. It does mean that you stand strongly against the things that we say we stand yeah. strongly against. All right. Yeah, yeah, Anything and the, yeah. The thing I was going to say too, and the same ones um, would say if a woman is pregnant and a man kills the the woman and the child, that he is to be prosecuted as double homicide. So it's just it's a lot of hypocrisy, unequal weights and balances, and uh, I think there just needs to be justice for it. Okay, L last thing. So, um, uh, have you heard the experiment when when they have uh, co-conspirators and and they have students walk into a room and they look at lines on a wall and because we're naturally herd animals and we want to fit in and everything else that they'll have two people say that these lines that are different lengths are the same lengths and that the one that's a different length you know a b and c which ones are the same length and they'll get it wrong but somebody doesn't want to stand out so i don't want that to happen do you want to add anything from your like whoa i'm not comfortable with where that conversation went no I, i'm just taking it all in okay I, because okay I, you know I, we can talk afterwards, but no, I was just taking it all in. It's not that I disagreed with any of that. Okay. Yeah. But it, but it, it seems so foreign to the way that we've been it taught is. to think. Absolutely. Yeah. And let yeah. me just be clear too. The message is still forgiveness, restoration, and the love of Christ. You know, I'm yeah. not condemning any of these women's the, uh, abortion is not the unpardonable sin and there is forgiveness. And what ha the, the biggest issue with it is this depravity of the gospel. You're saying you're innocent. That's that's the biggest yeah, yeah, issue no to me is because to there's, there's no, no need, need for the there's mother confession. to repent yeah. of her sin yeah, yeah. because she's innocent. I love that. The the one thing that I would that I would I need to think through a little more is incrementalism. Um because I think it should start with the criminalization of the doctors first. Mm. Uh and you would say no right away immediately and I would say yeah it's it's still murder but you know because of the hardness of their hearts God allowed for sorts of things those some sorts of things in the Old Testament because of the hardness of their heart. I'm not God. I don't have that right to overlook sin. I don't. And he doesn't overlook sin either. But that incrementalism I'd start with the doctors this is sin and this is wrong um uh, and then and then with the women because right now and, and let me get to where we're drifting and we will move on right now it is shocking that a woman would hear that she bears any culpability in the death of her child in though she if, if she is an absolute willing participant it's shocking to her that she's called how do you change that thinking how do you get her to say whoa this isn't a, a volitional act and where we're drifting is you can watch videos online where women are screaming I have a right to kill my baby. One of them was screaming, I want to, they asked me if I wanted the general or the local. The general would knock me out or the local to have this abortion. And I said, give me the local because I want to look in that baby's eyes as they kill it. Wow. Mm. And you want to talk about we're drifting towards evil? 
I mean, that's that's even we've arrived. We've arrived. Yeah. So a uh, lot to think about, listener. I ho- I hope that you 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 just go. Okay, I'm a, I, I want to go and I want to think about that, pray about that, and seek the truth in it. Go to the scriptures. Um, we're we're your local podcasters. We are not inerrant or authoritative. The Bible is. All right. Can, can I just say this has been a, a really powerful seven or eight minutes that was totally impromptu. Like, listen, we did not plan shirt. this. We did, I looked at the shirt. We did not plan that conversation. And you can read. Yeah. Well, there is that. Thank Help the with Lord. the big words. I heard when you were, yeah. So uh, on this episode, you said, uh, uh, Dustin, I think you said we're going to look at Luke chapter 10, verse 2. Listener, if you want to head that way, if it's safe for you to do so. Uh, just verse 2? Yes, sir. Okay, so let's do this. Gavin, why don't you open us in prayer? I'm going to read. I read from the New King James. I'm, I know you're reading from the King James, uh, and Gavin reads from the ESV. Uh, so, Gavin, if you if you open us in prayer, I'll read, and then uh, we'll, we'll get into the text. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before your throne of grace and are just in awe of your transcendence, your magnitude, your majesty. You are God, and there is no other. You are God, and there is none like you. And we submit, Heavenly Father, our hearts want to rebel at times. Um, as Paul says, when we want to do good, evil lies close at hand. And, and I know, I feel it at times, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. Heavenly Father, whether it's on the issue of abortion or whether it's on the issue of evangelism, whatever the issue, I pray that we seek you, that we submit to your truth, that by the power of your spirit, we love you well and make much of you for you are worthy. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Again, that's Luke chapter uh, 10, verse 2. And the Bible says, then he said, and the he is Jesus, then he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Dustin, you're, uh, you're passionate. I've observed that in a brief period of time. I really appreciate your heart for the Lord, your, your faithfulness and knowledge of Scripture. Um, and I know this is a passage that's near and dear to your heart. Just without even really talking that much with you prior uh, to this episode, so just kind of walk us uh, through some of what the Lord's using you to do, and and what this what this verse, how it's impacted your life. Yeah, and so this is actually my my ministry's verse, and so uh, my ministry is, is Heavenly Harvesters Ministries, um, and the Lord um, through conviction through His Word um, brought me here, and. Um, you know, and at the beginning, it was just that I I I'd read books, I listened to people that talked about street ministries and going out and doing these type of things, but it was just I didn't see it going on, especially locally right. anymore. And it was like, you know, we have a Jerusalem here, right? And you know, I'm all for global missions, but what about local missions? Yeah. And um, that's something that's just it's just plagued us. And our country's in need of it more, more than anybody now. And so... Uh, real quick, just to, before you pass up that point, uh, I don't know this to be true. I've not done the studies, and maybe you have. Mm-hmm. But there are studies that say like the uh, African nations are sending missionaries to America in yes. order to do evangelism here. Yes. We are so post-Christian in America today that they are sending missionaries to this country. Yeah. We are the number one receiving country of missionaries and the number one sending of missionaries, which is a really interesting dichotomy. There. Yeah, that that's a dynamic I don't understand. Right. Yeah, well, I'm with you. It's odd. 
to say yeah. the least. And 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 I I don't know that we have the ability unless we unless you've done a lot of study to understand because are they importing like the prosperity gospel here because Africa is being overwhelmed by bad teaching at times. Certainly there are good churches there as well, but mm. but the prosperity gospel. So are they exporting the prosperity gospel after we've exported it to them or uh are the, are we drifting so far away from God that the good churches over there, I, I don't know yeah. that we have the ability to break that down. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't either, but I even was talking about Ray Comfort, you know, and this was, he was sent from New Zealand 40, 50 years ago. And he said, you know, he even seen it then. And that was their purpose and their mission. Hmm. And so that was 40, 50 years ago when, when he arrived here. Um, and so, yeah. And I, I think it's even more prevalent now. Yeah. Well, the, I don't think there's any doubt about there's, that. There's no, there's no doubt. So. <clears throat> So depending on your eschatology, I won't get into it now, but it, it, I'll, I'll just kind of give you the maybe something we can talk about way down the road in another episode. Depending on your eschatology, it is interesting to watch how the gospel goes, flourishes, prosperity comes to that place. And I am not a prosperity gospel in the in the abused sense of the word, but um, how the gospel goes, flourishes, prosperity, and, and then it kind of closes behind the places that it goes, just like it did in Jerusalem and, and persecution pushed it out. It closes behind a place in America. If it's post-Christian and follows that pattern, it, the gospel will close and we will become uh, kind of decreasing in, in our... Uh, spiritual wealth yeah i don't but, but again that that's something to think about eschatologically which you're you're just kind of mm. digging into now mm. a lot all right and i and to- i and i think too this was you know what i really started getting how am i fulfilling the great commission is we talk about the great commission all the time and and going out and going into the world and it's how can i fulfill that but that was Here. for them, the twelve. That right? That was right. just for the twelve. That's not for anybody today, right? Yeah, right. And, so, and could so, you touch on that? I know you did it in the other episode, but just kind of touch on that. How that's that's our responsibility. And as well. so, and that's you know, even you go back to Acts one eight. He said, "I'm going to give you power, and that's going to come upon you to be my witnesses." I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. I'm giving you this to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And so, when I go back to Matthew twenty eight and go, you therefore to all nations. We think that's just like we uh, I I seen I guess so much in my own life it's like a financial we give to you know for other people to do it but why are we doing it ourselves and how can we of course I can't go to Zimbabwe I can't go to Af- you know I can but I can't all the time so how can I go to all nations kindreds you know tribes well I can tell you just on the street in Winston Salem North Carolina we spoke to a man that. Uh, he was speaking Arabic through a translator on a phone, and we was able to share the gospel with him. Amen. And so in Winston Salem, um, I mean, men, I mean, all over, all over the place, we've been able to share the gospel with people. Well, just the being, nations have come to us, right? Yeah, yeah. but but I want to I want to clean clean that up to where I'm comfortable. You guys may be, be different about this. Certainly, we the the commission the mission has been given, make disciples. The commission to go. I mean, we we are to be sent. We are the sent one. We are the the sent ones. One eight, we've been empowered. Acts one one eight, we've been empowered and and given kind of the, the field, the ends of the earth. Acts eight one, make sure that we understand it's not just for the twelve; it's for all people. The eleven at that point, but it's not; it's for all people everywhere. Well, you have the mission, go and do it. But I want a global missionary mindset. So yeah. while you're in Winston Salem, do it. Yeah. If you don't feel that God has moved you to to Zimbabwe or wherever yeah. else, that's fine. You are not ubiquitous. You can't be in all places at every time. Absolutely, I understand that. That's Christ alone. You know, what I mean yeah. that's that's mm-hmm. the Godhead. So, but, but I am about that we are to go send or disobey. We yes. are to be about the business of 
seeing Christ magnified and exalted and glorified and worshiped in all the nations everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And this, I didn't, you know, this isn't to, to, you know, cluck global missions down to 5% from 50% to say, well, we still shouldn't be doing this, but how can I personally Amen. fulfill this commission myself yeah. without having to support while I support other people that do it financially, prayerfully, whatever, right. but then how can I still do it myself? And, and, and for some, for those listening, you may find yourself that you feel like you're right now, you're to, to help send somebody, you may find that you are the person that's to go across the ocean to, to the uttermost parts of the earth. You may be called to the 1040 window, but if not, that doesn't free you from the commission. Amen. Okay. So, so we're all in agreement. Like, yes, we, we, I think you could be the next one that goes, mm -hmm. you could be the next one that goes. I could be, and we need to be willing. I've told my church, I will never. And if you're listening to this, I've told you this before. I will never guarantee you next year. That's not my prerogative. W what do I want? Well, I would love to stay with the the family that I have, the the spiritual family that I have in North Lexington Baptist Church in Lexington, North Carolina, and be with them and love them and 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 share. But if God calls me to the ends of the earth tomorrow, I'm there. So yeah, we're Amen. all in agreement. Some people have been called to go overseas. Some people have been called to go to Winston Salem. But you have been called. Amen. Okay. That's it. All right. Amen. And so uh, the second half of this verse is that to pray that the Lord of the Harvest would send more labors into the harvest. I had a uh, pastor from Salisbury uh, stop by the other day. I had my sign and he was like, man, can we help support you? What can we do? And I was like, man, just put me on your prayer list. He said, well, what's your number one need? I said, people, <laughs> bodies, people to come out here, um, not to slouch on our second Timothy 215 commandment, but you don't have to be a theologian to, to start doing this. You know, I tell people all the time, just come out on the street and pass out tracks and pray for me while I talk. You know, if you don't feel comfortable talking the first time or want to engage with people, just, just go, you know, just come. That's good. Yeah. But, but I, th I think we hopped over something that's really important to me. I, I don't know how many people are praying for laborers. Yeah. Right. I, I think sometimes we get in this attitude of complaining Maybe I do. Like, where are the people? Where are the people? When do you pray? Because because here's the thing. If you're not praying, there's a chance that I could boast. Look how many people I got out today. You see how many people I got out today? When you sit there and go, God, I, there's no movement going on. I need to get on my knees and I need to ask the giver of every good and perfect gift to do something that will not happen if you don't act. I need to beg you to send laborers. And then they show up. Man, you go, all praise, honor, and glories to you. Sorry, I just was yeah. thinking that, that prayer is a huge yeah. part of it. So if I understand uh, your ministry, a large part of your ministry then is is you're out uh, evangelizing on the street. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. And so what we do is, you know, sanctify the Lord God in our hearts first. And we mentioned it earlier, John 17, 17, sanctify them by thy truth, thy word is truth. And so um, be ready to give an answer, apologia, to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that's in you with meekness and fear. And so... Um, that's what we're doing out there. You know, Haggai 1.5 says, consider your ways. And I'm challenging people to do that, and that's through the gospel because um, it's the power of God into salvation. And so we do. I do that. Um, the ministry does that in, in different ways. I have signs. We have tracks. You know, we try to uh, do different things to be wise as a serpent but harmless as a dove. How can I get people to come to me instead of me trying to always run down and grab people, which, hey, Jude says some have compassion, some 
snatch them out of the flames. I don't mind going and snatching them out and trying to stop them. And, uh, and so we, we have different uh, tactics, I guess you could say. Um, but at the end of the day, 1 Peter 4.11 says, If any man speak, let him speak of the oracles of God. And so we're just using the word of God to pierce them and to, to plant and water. And that's the, that's the seed. That's it. Yeah. So you're aroma to death to some and, and aroma to life to others. Yes, sir. Yeah. That's awesome. Did, so you want to you want to you want to spend just a second on that? I love that idea, and I don't think we understand it very well. I think sometimes we as Christians want to be liked more than that we want to be faithful. Yeah, and we are to place we are not to be offensive to people except when we place the rock of offense before them. Right. So 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 do you want to you want to either of you want to touch base on the aroma? so 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 the aroma of course uh, of death is the, is when we share the gospel with somebody that's lost and they reject it. Uh, that is the epitome of the aroma of death because they 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 are dying they are already dead in their sins and trespasses but God who because of his rich mercy uh, with which he loved us you know he he is that reversal that that transition of of going from one direction to another but it is by his grace through faith and and uh, and so my my belief on that is is that the ability to profess faith in Christ genuinely is a gift of God's grace. Uh, and so you're aroma to life to those whom uh, God grants that gift of, of faith to that will profess faith. Now, unlike my friend Gavin over here who, who thinks that uh, that grace is irresistible, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. Uh, but I think we both agree that the ability to profess faith uh, is is a gift, and so you are aroma to death to some who will reject that gospel, the the rock of offense, the stumbling stone that that grinds those into into oblivion. Uh, but you're an aroma of life to those who freely receive the gift of salvation that you know by God's grace through a profession of faith in Jesus Christ. Okay, so so just to double down on the stinky versus the the sweet aroma. What do you? I mean. Oh, so so I I honestly I've I've said this before when I, when I give the gospel I will actually use those words I, I want you to leave here going you know the conversation kind of stunk I don't want to be disrespectful I don't want to be rude I don't want to be hateful you know we talked about it before keeping your hands at your side and I, I'm pretty animated and I can do this and then I'm I'm aggressive in my actions uh, I raise my voice often you said I I just always sound angry and I. Uh, there, I'm sure there's some anger there, but I always sound angry. All the that's cards not... and the letters I receive in the mail uh, suggest that, yeah, they're like, what is his problem? I don't know. They don't have to he's spend just, time with you. He's with me. <laughs> they don't right. have those I snide mean, little snarky comments about my, oh, he believes that Grace is. <laughs> you, you should be okay. <laughs> yeah, you'll have, I'll have my ways, you'll have his. Is that right. what that's, right. I love it. All right. So, but but anyways, I, I, want, I want people to leave like that conversation was respectful, was kind, was lovely, and, and then it stunk. Because I, I want to be the aroma of death. Under, I want to warn you to flee from the wrath to come. Right. I, I, and, and, and if somebody goes, man, that was just the greatest conversation, and, and you know, and, and you leave there not knowing that, that your destiny is hell according to the word of God, I, I don't know that I've helped you at all. I right. don't know that I could say I love you. You have failed. Yeah. I mean, I, oh, go, mm -hmm. go ahead. Yeah, but but the, the, the last little bit of that is Paul said that he wants to be, uh, you know, um, to be an encouragement to, uh, oh, um, to oh, Romans 1. Um, my mind just went blank, but um, to, to the by the mutual, he was encouraged by the mutual faith of both you and me, and I'm, I'm missing the first part of my brain. It just shut down. But anyways, I want, if, if that is a person that's saved and they have come to know Jesus Christ, either past or in the moment, they have come to know Jesus Christ. I want to be that sweet smell, that aroma of life. The gospel is, not me, but the gospel is that that wonderful smell that, oh, I just walked into home in heaven for those that have been saved, right? To life, the, 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 the sweet smell of life unto life. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so, you know, the preaching of the cross is foolish to them which are perishing. Absolutely. And um, the natural man receives not the things of God. They're foolish to him. Neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. And so, I, you know, Laban said he learned by his experience. And so I've learned by my experience, according to the word of God in that experience, that no matter my posture or my demeanor or how I present the gospel to them, which is always the same way, typically depending on how the conversation goes, not always the same words, but... Um, you know, it's 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 individual basis. I mean, I had a young man come up and challenge me the other day, twenty year old uh, named Micah, and I mean, for twenty thirty minutes, just was like, "What about this?" I mean, just hit me hard. Um, you loved it. I loved it. I, I mean, he it. didn't realize like at the time like how much I thoroughly loved it, and I didn't know him. He didn't know me. And at the end of the conversation, I got it all on video, which was great. He said. I just wanted to let you know, brother, I, I'm a Christian, and I was coming up to see if you were willing to teach me and love me while not backing down from the truth, or if you're just going to be, I call it being a jerk for Jesus, he called it something else, and uh, he said, I just wanted to tell you, I appreciate what you've done, and man, that was just, you know, and it's not, I praise the Lord, and it's not that I wanted the a glory for man in that, but it's, you know, I've had the same conversations with other people, and I was the biggest jerk and Amen. bigot, Amen. and you know, and yeah. I was like, I, I handled it the same way I did with that young man. It's yeah. just you see the word of God; it truly pierces. And 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 I, I don't know if you said this understandably or not, because my, my mind drifted for a half a second. But when he says that he was a jerk and a bigot towards those people, presenting it the same way, he doesn't mean that he actually. Because I've been I've been there when I have been mm. literally a jerk to people when I've been presenting because I wanted to win the debate rather than give mm. them Jesus. Mm. But I, what you were meaning is that you presented it the same loving way, but people understand you to be a jerk and a bigot and hateful and judgmental because the word is just beating them up. I, I know I, I actually told somebody this. They were they were. Um, they were they identified as queer and and i said if you've listened to the words of my mouth there is an effort for me to the best of my ability to understand myself to submit to god's word and god mm. i have talked about him and he and my understanding of his word and tried to bring that to bear by your own words it's my me i and yet when i leave this conversation you're going to swear that i was the selfish one and, and I'm making every effort to submit to the transcendent word of God. And you have just spoken about yourself and your views. And it was like this, love everyone, but if you mess with me, I'll jack you up, is basically what they said. And I'm like, good gracious. Yeah. And, that's, and yet I will be the one that's viewed as the hateful, bigot, selfish one when yeah. I'm sitting there going, I want to express the love of Christ according to the word of God in a way that, yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's incredible how that attacks people. Yeah, and I just, um, yeah. And then the other thing, real quick, the other thing is um, I, I don't like dismissive cliches and stuff like that because I think sometimes it diminishes the glory of God. But both of you have used words that I've thought that that sums it up, but a jerk for Jesus. <laughs> I loved it. Like usually I'm like, ah, that made me cringe because it lessens the the weight of the power of the, but a jerk for Jesus is about right. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. that's going to be his new street name. <laughs> yeah, that is, there's no new street name. There's only one street name and it's. At a time. <laughs> oh, don't bring that up. Yes, that's my street name, Jerk for Jesus. No, hey, I, uh, I Dustin, that. I have thoroughly enjoyed these uh, these two episodes. Uh, do you have time for another episode? Yes, sir. Okay, great. What I'd like to get into in tomorrow's episode, if it's okay, uh, whatever verse you want to uh, tackle there is, I would really like to hear more about uh, how you approach Jehovah Witness. And uh, I think that would be very helpful. Amen. So, uh, listener, you'll have to tune in tomorrow for that episode. We look forward to catching up with you. Until then, God bless.